thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and for the next hour, we're going to excite, entertain, elucidate, and educate you with news, information, and exciting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. First, some genre-related news before we get to today's show. Game of Thrones made its triumphant return on Sunday night with the debut of its eighth and final season and the numbers set her viewership record. Now, in my day, it was solely the live viewership that determined television ratings. But in this new age of availability on multiple platforms and watching on demand, a variety of sources must be tabulated. Counting HBO Go and HBO Now, there were 17.4 million viewers for the season eight premiere. And that beat out the old record set by the season seven finale of 16.9 million. It should be noted that when streaming and DVR numbers are included, the total viewership for the season seven finale climbs to 32.8 million. And confidence is high that the season eight premiere will exceed that figure. Additionally, as the season finale for each season of Game of Thrones has been higher than its premiere episode, it is likely that the most viewed episode of the series will be the season eight finale. I expect we'll revisit this in about five weeks or so. FX Networks announced earlier this week that showrunners Michael Green and Ada Mashaka Kroll have departed Why the Last Man. FX also says that they are moving forward to the series with the current cast, which stars Diane Lane and features Barry Keoghan, Imogen Poots, Lashana Lynch, Juliana Canfield, Marin Ireland, and Amber Tamblyn. Why the Last Man is, of course, an adaptation of the comic by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera and published by Vertigo. The adaptation was ordered to series in February. Via Twitter, Green and Kroll thanked the crew and commented that they'd hoped to create a show with something to say in a time when things must be said. Why the Last Man is expected to premiere on FX in 2020. A teaser trailer dropped this week for Swamp Thing, on the DC Universe streaming platform. You can check it out on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Swamp Thing premieres on the DC Universe platform on May 31st. Thursday, April 18th, marked the 81st anniversary of the publication of Action Comics No. 1, featuring the debut of Superman. Of course, the celebration is underway this year for the 80th anniversary of the debut of Batman and the 60th anniversary of the debut of Supergirl. But I just couldn't let the day pass without a tip of the hat to the granddaddy of them all and an observance to his creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, who in my estimation still earn the prize for most screwed over creators in the history of the comics industry. Now, despite that, uh, the fact that I have two other comics creators on today's show, uh, this this there is no correlation <laughs> because uh, you know they've got a great new comic that's out. It's called uh, The Underfoot, and um, uh, so hey, we're going to talk to them. But it's Ben Fisher and Emily S. Witten, and uh, they are my special guests on today's show. Ben and Emily, welcome to the show. Hey, hello. Thanks yeah. for having us. Well, thank you all for coming on. I mean, of course, now I have to confess, uh, and you probably know if you are a uh, semi-regular listener to the show, that uh, Emily is a regular <laughs> panelist on Fantastic Forum. And I was just 
absolutely thrilled when I found out that she had been uh, working on this book, of course, with uh, Ben and with uh, Michelle uh, Gwen. 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 All right. I, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to mess that up, but hey, Michelle's not on the show, so <laughs> she <laughs> can't chastise me. Oh, yes. No, and I tell you what, and the art is fabulous, but the writing is fabulous, too. So. Oh, thanks. You know, but it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to talk about the underfoot, subtitled The Mighty Deep. And, um, you know, I, I where I want to start with this, because uh, now, Ben, you are no stranger to, uh, to comics. And, uh, in fact, uh, you know, of course, there's, um, uh, wait, 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 um, Smuggling Spirits. And um, there's, uh, the. Oh, actually, I wanted to ask if it's true. Uh, yeah. That the the one about the um, the grumpy cat there, if that was because your other material was indeed kind of intense, and you had young relatives who weren't allowed to check it out, is that a true story? Uh, uh, it's a it's that's a it's it's not entirely apocryphal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, the the I, although some of my stuff is pretty intense, I do some I had done some comedy books as well, mm-hmm. which were also not particularly kid friendly. Um, and, uh, and dynamite had, uh, the, the publisher for grumpy cat had read some of that stuff and thought it might be a good fit for the grumpy cat. And uh, it, it was true. I do have a couple of nieces and a couple of nephews and none of them were allowed to read the stuff that I was writing. So it was, a, <laughs> it was easy. It was an easy yes for me to say, because it gave me an opportunity to, to send some stuff to them and, and be the cool uncle. Yeah, I, li- no. I like how Dynamite saw your stuff and it was like, look at this stuff we can't let kids read. You should write kids books. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and the great divide also. I mean, this this wasn't that big a stretch for you in the sense that, you know, this whole post-apocalyptic thing that you had going on. That I, I do love me some post-apocalypse. I love I love the idea that that there was that there was a I mean I sort of feel like every story is either pre-apocalypse or post-apocalypse. Right? Either something bad's hmm. about to happen and you stop it, or the bad things already happened. And it's, sometimes it's kind of fun to write the story where whatever whatever movie or book came before for the pre-apocalypse obviously went very badly because now we're in the post stage. So I, I like those stories a lot. It gives you a lot of room to explore things. Yeah, there you go. Now, of course, Emily, um, you know, this was your first comic, but yes. you've got a lot of experience sort of on the uh, on the other side of the table. I dare say you're ordinarily <laughs> the one who is interviewing uh, the comics talent. Yeah, you know? no, I, I've, I've been doing comics journalism uh professionally since 2012 um so i write for comicmix.com movers and shakers unlimited i'm on this show i've done some other shows i've done podcasts of various sorts um and i i like to talk about other people's work a lot so it's going to be interesting we've we've already had you know some interviews going on where we have to talk about our own work and it's definitely a different thing but um and i've done i've done a few i did some web comics um that were kind of um satire so using using regular char- like characters that were already in existence, like Deadpool, and then having them comment on their own movies or things like that. Um, so I've written small comics, but this is certainly the a big like this is a graphic novel. It's huge, you know. So it's definitely a new experience for me, and mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, look. So uh, the first thing that I wanted, well, I guess not the first thing because I've been asking questions since the show started. But uh, how did you guys decide to collaborate on this particular project? Well, I think we can just blame hamsters for everything. Ben, yeah, do you want to go further on that one? <laughs> uh, sure. So um, uh, Emily and I sort of knew each other over Twitter, um, as everyone, uh, as how everyone meets these days, I guess, right? <laughs> and um, and she had uh, been re- like she had just said she she had done a lot of work um, with interviews and reviews and such for for comics and other media, and she had reviewed uh, a book i had written splitsville um one of the the funny ones yeah and uh and she it turns out that she um ha, was runs a ran a twitter feed that was based on her hamster as if her hamster <laughs> had a twitter page and so um i um responded back uh, partly to review at least initially but then just sort of conversationally uh to her hamster uh, feed instead of to her as another <laughs> hamster. And so we just sort of, and for no particular reason, just thought it was funny. And so we sort of continued that conversation for a while. And it then sort of like just sort of became sort of weird stories that we were sort of making up on the spot back and forth um, over Twitter that then sort of turned into email. 
And then after a little while um, of sort of goofing around with that, uh, we had a phone call and said, you know, so these stories are silly, but we, we might be able to do something actual with them and sort of shelved it and talked about it off and on for for a while after that. And then eventually um, decided that it, the time was right to maybe make something real out of it. And that even that was a, a few years back at this point. It was a lot of world building after that. But yeah, so yeah we, all, we threw around a lot of ideas. Out. Yeah. Before before we got to the actual like story that you see, there were there. I mean, and some of that, obviously, it's, it gets incorporated. But we have a lot of ideas that Ben, I, I'm dying when I have time to go back and look through some of the conversations that I saved and be like, we thought we were going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that should be a tagline for all of our writing it was like, oh, just, you know, it was ridiculous just for fun. You know, like we just started right. messing around <laughs> and here's a book. So mm. <laughs> Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Emily S. Witten and Ben Fisher, and they are the writers of the new... I the newly released Woo. the underfoot the mighty deep from lion forge and it is if you are not familiar with it it is a post-apocalyptic story man is gone from the face of the earth and intelligent animals have risen and the primary characters in this particular story are these intelligent hamsters in fact what is it the hamster aquatic mercenaries yep the ham. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is really something, and I am I'm fortunate enough that I actually have a copy, a wonderful, beautiful copy that I just got from Emily, and she autographed it. In fact, Ben, I'm going to need your autograph on this thing too <laughs> when you come to town. I'm sure, uh, we can make that happen. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that. Now, uh, it, the book came out in uh, trade paperback form, and something I was curious about because I know that uh, trades sell very well, but why did uh, you and Lionforge opt to do this as a uh, compilation rather than a series of individual issues? So it was, in the beginning, it could have been a lot of things. It could have been individual issues. We could have done it on Kickstarter. We were thinking about a whole bunch of different ways to do it because it's, like Ben said, it was a long development. But um, when we pitched it around, you know, we also listened to what people were interested in, and Lionforge thought that, as you were saying, it would sell well as a uh, trade paperback. Um, at the same time, the way that the overall story is developing, it makes sense to have it be um, the way... I don't want to spoil too much, but it kind of makes sense to the story structure that we're putting into the series as a whole, as opposed to just this first um, trade paperback, to have this story be about the hamster aquatic mercenaries and then to grow the world in upcoming stories. Hmm. Okay. Well, you have spoiled absolutely nothing. <laughs> <with that. laughs> yeah. No, part of the reason I was curious because uh, this, frankly, all of this seems sort of uh, multi-pronged to me. On the one hand, you've got the business of comics, you know, which is uh, not necessarily thriving, not dying. It seems as if comics primarily today are, at least uh, for the majors, you know, this stuff is source material for other types of projects, your mm -hmm. films and your television shows and, and stuff like that. Although I don't believe that the uh, sequential storytelling is ever going to go away. And one of the things that I love about uh, some of these smaller publishers is this is where you find, at least in my humble opinion, this is where you find the the truly innovative, creative, the best work that is coming out of comics today, uh, as is evidenced by Lion Forge publishing The Underfoot. I'm not going to yeah. protest that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, anyway, but all that having been said, on the one hand, uh, there is, yeah, we're going to do this as a trade paperback, trades uh, historically selling very well and sort of supporting the industry in a way but there's also I mean you know because I'm an old guy and mm -hmm. I grew up buying comic books every week and so you know there's the whole idea of well you know you get into the ham ha hamster aquatic mercenaries and then every week you got to go to the comic book <laughs> store the newsstand or wherever you're picking them up and uh, you know get your uh, 25 page fix <laughs> you know, of this thing <laughs> 
I mean, you know, well, and and Michelle's not here, but I know that mm. her answer has also been that she couldn't uh, keep up the schedule of doing mm. a monthly comic, mm. and I and I respect that because she has another job as well, and and she's doing. You know, you were talking about how it's a it's a team effort. Yeah. So we've got me and Ben doing the script, and then Michelle does the art, and she's not just doing the pencils or the inks or the colors. She's doing actually all of it, except that her partner um, Adrian Ricker uh, assists by doing like flatting color assistance. Mm. But other than that, Michelle's doing all the art. And sometimes you've got three different people on a book doing all of those different aspects of it. So we're mm. fortunate we have someone who can do it all, but mm. it takes time. Yeah. And then we've got Tom Zoller who's doing the lettering, and we've got um, Eric Orchard did the maps for our book, and then of course the editorial team at Lion Forge. So it's a big process and everything. Um, but uh, I think one reason for Michelle is that she just couldn't keep that schedule. Mm. I also think I'm I'm with you in the sense that I like the idea of going to the store and getting the new thing. But I'm a binge watcher, a binge reader, <laughs> so I like having a, a discrete story. When, when I got into Deadpool back when, one of the things I liked about Deadpool at mm. the beginning was that there wasn't, and this is no longer true, there wasn't a lot of crossover. It was just, here is this weird storyline about this weird character, and most of the peripheral characters you don't see in anything else, or if you do, they're minor characters. So you don't have to go out and buy a million things. You can just read this chunk of story. And I like reading... A big old story that you know even if it's an ongoing thing like our next book is going to come out and there's going to be new new stuff but also connected to this stuff um it's it's still a discrete story and it leaves me with a sense of satisfaction that i can't always get out of and i bless all of the superhero comics which i enjoy but sometimes they are interminable in the sense that they literally have no termination point of their storyline and i and i it doesn't mean i don't enjoy them but i like having a block of a block of text so to speak a block of story so mm-hmm. i don't know but ben what do you think yeah I, I think all that's true and i think from a just a practical standpoint when we were discussing about whether or not we wanted to do something serialized or self-contained the the, the stories are arced in a contained format it it just reads better at the end of the day in my opinion this particular story to Mm -hmm. have them these self-contained chunks that are going to come out mostly once a year um and and it's sort of put all together it it really is more of a more the emphasis on novel for graphic novel i feel like in that sense um where it's it it just it, it just makes for better experience if you're getting it all at once as opposed to dripping it out hmm. uh, for this particular story. I, mm-hmm. I just think that's where we landed on it. Yeah, well, the, uh, uh, the story made the art in a way and the art made the story in a way. Like once we knew what we were doing in this format, it, it gave us a more, more breath to do what we're doing now, mm-hmm. but also what our ideas were made it make sense to have this sort of format. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was both things. All right. Well, and, and that, I mean, I was, that sort of goes to process, mm-hmm. you know, which is part of where I was going with this. Uh, so Ben, um, you know, it, having to collaborate with somebody, <laughs> especially a newcomer to the thing. Having what to was, collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ben. Uh, yes, a team effort. <laughs> hey, hey, look, you know, I should, should full disclosure, uh, Ben is connected remotely. So, hey, feel free. Tee off. She can't hit you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> no, no, go ahead. I, I want to hear this. No. <laughs> and I, I'm sure he'll be diplomatic. No, what was it? What was it like uh, collaborating with Emily? Because I'll tell you what. I mean, she was. She kind of frightened me. Ta- even talking about <laughs> this stuff. No, it, 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 there. What I mean is, there was so much research that went into this project, and um, it, it. There was a lot of. You know, Emily's. She's not not intense you know and so everything that she does she does with gusto and uh, you know so i'm just i'm just curious you know because i've never collaborated with her on something i mean I'm, I'm sure it was wonderful but please tell tell us about it bit no it it was it was great and and i had not really done much collaboration from writing at all yeah, exactly um so that the whole process was like sort of a learning curve for me anyway um, but it, it wound up being a really good match because I tend to be, um, I mean, we, 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 we both do both of these things, but I tend to focus pretty heavily on the, uh, the, the, the specific, the craft itself where I'm, I'm really delving down into arcing out a specific plot line or how a dialogue is going to fit in a certain spot or if a through line is really applicable. So I'm, I'm, I tend to get pretty focused on that. Um, and Emily 
has, as you've noted, uh, the, the enthusiasm for this world and uh, and the science in particular is uh, is is pretty boundless. And mm. uh, and 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 so it it really was a great way to sort of merge all that stuff together uh, in in a way that I would not have. I mean, I, I simply couldn't have done you know, on my own. Uh, and 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 you're right. The it was I what I quickly got used to it and kind of grew to to uh, very much appreciate was the and we've joked about this before is I would uh, worth about three hours apart on time anyway. Mm. Uh, but I, it would not be unusual for around you know, four a.m. my time suddenly <laughs> I'll, I'll hear the first ding of a text and it's like take a deep breath because here it comes. And then seventy five dings later, you know, she's still texting about like some weird fungus that she read online or heard in a podcast. Podcast on the way to work, but but it's great. So you, you just have like all of this information that just comes in these big waves, and she's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you, you just eventually you just succumb to the wave of enthusiasm, and kind of <laughs> let it carry you along. But uh, no, it was great. It was, it's been a lot of fun. Well, yeah. I, I like I like deep dive research, and I like I like weird things that are true, and I think that other people should know about them too. And if we can make them fun, that's good. So we we're doing it in the next book. We've done it in this book, and I you know I try to remember the time difference, but like I usually remember it after the third text or something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like oh, it's nine o'clock here, but it's like what six o'clock there. <laughs> but I'll say I've learned a lot from Ben, and I'm not ashamed to say, um, and. You know, and I, I, I think we'll continue to learn more. But not only the um, the process of actually going back and forth, but the the writing process too. You know, every every job I've had, everything I've done has taught me different kinds of writing. You know, there's like short story writing, poetry, legal writing, um, journalistic writing, interviews. You know, all of that. And comics writing is different, as is everything else. And um, Ben's got a really good grasp for like beats and rhythm, and uh, you know, plotting things out in certain ways. And so I've purposely been working to follow his process when he's working on a chunk of it, and then and then like he'll work with me on the other part. You know, so we're working together on different back and forth chunks of how we develop the story and the characters, how we plot things out, how we do the dialogue, how we do the editing. It's it's been a learning process, and it's good. It's it's a good thing. You need that if you're. Um, you need to learn somehow if you're newer to this kind of writing. And so you can research, which I've also done, and you can read scripts, but you can also work with somebody who's done it before, which is great. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Fantastic Forum is what you're listening to right now on WERA 96.7 FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in the studio today by Emily S. Witten and remotely by Ben Fisher. And Emily and Ben are the writers of the new book from Lion Forge. It is called The Underfoot, The Mighty Deep. And uh, it is it, it's it's beautiful <laughs> on top of everything else. I uh, when I finally got my copy, I was looking at it. I was like, wow. And I, I had seen some pages and, uh, you know, I, I feel like this thing is coming along at a wonderful time because the subject matter uh, well, and actually that sort of uh, before <laughs> I get into all of that, that that's uh, where I wanted to go with this, because. Uh, it's it's advertised as YA, and I was looking at this, and I'm like, this stuff is kind of intense <laughs> to be YA fiction. What's up with that, Ben? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh, it's we we've had a lot of conversations about this between the two of us, and, and also with others. The the idea that that YA were really are thinking all ages as a, I mean, why is, I think, an appropriate tagline, but I think uh, all ages also is the, the idea that anything that's, we grew up reading or watching things like Secret and M and Labyrinth and, hmm. you know, all, all those kind of things. And and, the, and there was, there was death, there were scary moments, Last Unicorn, there's, there's scary oh, bits and all of that. one of my favorite movies, my first and ever so, favorite movie. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it, 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 I, I think that, um I think that, you know, looking back, we realize that even at a pretty young age that, that kids can handle a lot more sometimes than we give them credit for. Mm. But just as importantly, we didn't really have any, any interest at all in telling the story that stopped being interesting after you reached a certain age. We wanted mm. it to be something that the same way that we would watch or read those all ages materials now that, um, that we wanted to do sort of the same thing uh, for in our own material. So we, 
obviously we rein in certain things, but yeah, there's there's death, there's there's violence. Um, it's it's reined in, it's checked. It's not gratuitous in any way. It's it's uh, you know, hopefully appropriate for um, for for uh, a pretty good age range. But yeah, we we made a point of not wanting to to dial it back so far that it you sort of lose interest after you reach a certain age. Yeah, um, and you mentioned Ben mentioned the last unicorn. I was like, I want to say I was like four or so, five, six. I don't know. I was really young when I saw that movie. They showed it in my preschool, I think, or something like that. It was. Mm. I was really young, and it was my favorite thing. And it's when you watch it again, it's loopy and it's scary. And clearly, some of the people who made it were on drugs. I mean, like the butterfly <laughs> scene. But and the the red bull is really frightening, and the unicorns all oh, disappearing. Yeah. It's it's a really scary story in a lot of ways. But I loved it. And then if you look at um. And I could handle it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't scarring me for life or anything like that. It was interesting and it made me think about things. And that's important when you're a kid. And if you look at um, if I just was to look back at all kinds of things that I read when I was a kid, you know, I read things that were way above my age grade. And some of them became my favorite stories. And even if I didn't understand everything in them, then I would read them again at a later age and learn more. So I learned about satire from Mark Twain's Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court, which I read for the first time in fifth grade. I didn't understand in fifth grade all of the nuances, but I thought it was a clever story and it was interesting and there was enough that I could catch on to to realize something. And so I think if you uh, strive to challenge children and, and people with your writing, they can learn from it mm. in ways that if you're trying to pander, you're just going to end up with a boring story that no one's getting anything out of anyway. I love challenges. I, I've learned so much about other people and other things and, and vocabulary and whatever else in my life by reading stories that were challenging to me as a small person who had only experienced a certain sphere of life. You know, like you read about people who live in the South when you've never been to the South and you're like, oh, that's interesting and different and weird, you know, but then you learn about it and you read about little animals struggling for their lives, uh, you know, uh, to, to find a new home and watership down, which you are a small person and think, oh, it's got a bunny on the cover and it's about a ship going down. And then you start reading it and you're like, oh, this is different and very intense, but it's a great story and it's really deep and really interesting. And why shouldn't kids read stuff that's good and interesting and deep? I, I mean, I don't, none of the stuff I've ever read that was something you could find in a library has like scarred me for life or made me a worse person. I don't think so. Well, there you go. That that feels <laughs> that feels like the final word on that. You know? <laughs> the underfoot it won't scar you for life. <laughs> <laughs> it's made me a better person. That's the point. <laughs> Challenge is good. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that musical cue means that we have reached the end of the first part of the show. So um, I am going to. Uh, say that we're going to step aside for a couple of moments while we acknowledge our underwriters and uh, while we promote some of the other shows coming up later today on WERA. Of course, 96.7 FM is a community radio station. We're non-commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you for the totality of the operation of the radio station. And we'd very much like for you to consider becoming an underwriter of the content of the station or a sponsor of one or more of the individual programs found here on WERA. Visit the website at WERA.FM to find out more about this exciting experiment in community radio and community media. And I think that you will want to come back for more after you do that. Anyway, speaking of more, we've got more of Ben Fisher and Emily Witten, the writers of The Underfoot, The Mighty Deep. And we'll be back with them right after this. And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. We are your community radio station. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Emily S. Witten and remotely 
by Ben Fisher. And Emily and Ben are the writers of the new book from Lion Forge. It is called The Underfoot, The Mighty Deep. And uh, the two of them, along with uh, Michelle Gwynn, are, who is the artist, uh, are the, uh, I guess you all could be described as the brain trust uh, <laughs> of this uh, wonderful uh, new project. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, it, we've mentioned a couple of other uh, genre similar types of things. You know, we've uh, mentioned Watership Down, uh, Secret of Nim, uh, Charlotte's Web comes to mind, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. One thing that I really want to compliment you on uh, is the fact that uh, these are uh, tiny animals uh, that are kind of <laughs> cute, but as I've seen reading it, uh, the hamster aquatic mercenaries, they're also deadly. You know? <laughs> they're pretty but, intense sometimes. Yeah, you know, but there's also this hierarchy among and between the hamsters and, you know, various disciplines and stuff. You know, the whole thing is very well thought out, but I, I, I really want to credit you because... Uh, this seems, frankly, to me, like the kind of thing that can take off. You know, I mean, you look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and some of these other things. People love cute, sweet animals. They also love deadly, fierce animals. <laughs> and uh, so this thing, uh, particularly given what I was saying earlier about the way that so many comics properties now are being licensed and optioned and all that. And some people aren't even aware that, uh, you know, stuff like, um, oh shoot, now I can't come up with the, the title of the thing. Uh, uh, but it was a big movie. It had the guy who was Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. And um, it was... Uh, but people didn't know it was a comic book. And basically... Oh, oh a history of violence is oh, what yeah, I was yeah, thinking sure. of. Yeah, uh -huh. so, sure, yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, so there... But there are a lot of things like that. There was the Tom Hanks thing where he was a gangster or whatever. Again, Road something... Like, thank you! Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. thank yeah. you, Ben. Yeah. So, um, you know, now I... I Again, you're still promoting the new thing here. <laughs> we haven't quite gotten to that yet, or or have we? <laughs> Has there? Uh, have you all thought about where this thing goes, or what sort of potential interest there could be in it, or um, heard from anybody who is interested in licensing or doing something else with it? Well, um, on my part. And I think I think Ben and I I think obviously we'd love to see people being interested in developing it in different ways. But um, the the first thing I really want to do is tell the stories in text that we want in, in comic book format, in graphic novel format, in text and picture that that we want to tell. And there's so much in our heads. I mean, we've got it plotted out it's not it's not going to be lost you guys we know what's happening it's not going to be what else is uh, well it's not going to be game of thrones the books <laughs> we i mean we've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about in these books and we have a lot of places we want to explore new characters we want to deal with and like it's it's going to continue to grow in many different ways in terms of the structure of the stories as well as the characters as well as what's going on over overall with the plot and um so I want to have the ability to tell those stories and I definitely would love to see adaptations, but I also don't want our stories in the books to get overtaken by them, mm, which mm -hmm. is a, a concern. But mm. I also almost always um, feel like uh, movies and TV things and whatever else are stronger if they have detailed source material and certainly we would be able to provide such detailed source <laughs> material um, if we if we were to adapt it into something else. But I, I think that's my primary thing right now is is telling that story. And then if, if other people want to continue it or, or show it in different ways, then, you know, obviously we're open to that. Uh, but Ben, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, and there um, the we've had it might have had some conversations about uh, different directions that it might go in and there are uh, uh, there's there's conversations that could be had about it but I don't think anything that we could talk about right now um, I mean not 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 publicly anyway <laughs> but it's yeah. certainly um, it's certainly uh, um, avenues that we would be interested in pursuing absolutely it, it wouldn't we we've certainly talked about it but I agree with Emily the the, the main our primary goal right now is to make sure that that the volumes that we're putting out of this book are as absolutely as good as they can be and would stand alone regardless of anything else happening. Oh, yeah. First things first, <laughs> by yeah. all means. Well, I mean, I mean you know, because there is nothing else uh, right, if right. this doesn't go right. 
You know? Right, and so, I mean, the, mm. the good thing is because we have so much already in our heads about where it's going to go, even if we did end up having some sort of adaptation begin while we're still working on the stories we're telling, we we still know what we're doing there. It's, you know, like our story is going to be what it is in the books. Mm-hmm. And if there was some other adaptation, it would, you know, not be... It wouldn't shake what we're what we're trying to do in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, um, I I, I want to just say because um, Ben, in talking to Emily, and you know, I I am consistently impressed with this young woman uh, <laughs> at uh, you know her business acumen and her uh, creativity. Um, so uh, I'm assuming that uh, you guys. Uh, you have the final say over whatever happens with this. It's not like somebody is gonna gonna come along. Whatever your deal with Lion Forge, oh well, Emily Ben, nice knowing you. Yeah, you know, and you all right. get shunted aside while they make the decisions. Would would that be a reasonable estimation? That's right. Yeah, we we have uh, we have full green light, red light on anything, any direction that the that this goes in. There you go. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, so we've we've we're we're pretty comfortable that we're in this uh, in the driver's seat. All right. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm going to put my bid in now. Now, Ben, I need to touch base with you because I've already told <laughs> Emily this thing goes to a cartoon. Uh, you know, because I am a uh, I, I'm a performer. I'm an actor. Uh, you know, voice talent. Uh, I am going to want to at least be able to audition <laughs> for one of the voices. Of the hamster aquatic mercenaries. Yeah, <laughs> any so any need... particular character that you want to get yourself lined up for? So you should go ahead and put that in our notes. Uh, you know, let me let you know. I, I, okay, I haven't right. completely okay. finished it. I want to okay. see who's got legs, who's going to be around here. Because <laughs> so I certainly probably a wise decision. Uh, yeah, I want to see. You know, hey, I mean, which isn't to say that I couldn't do more than one voice. <laughs> so you want to know who's going to live forever? But here's the key: maybe none of them are. Dun dun dun! They're hamsters after all. You know, hamsters don't live forever. So. Well, I, but I'm assuming <laughs> that because these are advanced hamsters, you know, maybe yeah. their lifespans are a little longer. There might or something be something like going on. You never know. But you just want to. You're just like, I yeah. want to see which one's the coolest hamster, and then I'm going to be the coolest hamster, so everybody likes that hamster, and then everybody's going to like me best. Oh, oh let me tell you something. <laughs> they're going to love whatever voice I do. They're going to be like, wow, listen to this guy. <laughs> Plus, they're all cool hamsters in their own ways, so that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, talking a little bit about the art, and I'm so sorry that Michelle was otherwise engaged of course Michelle Gwynn uh, you know doing the pencils doing the inks she said doing the colors as well mm-hmm. I mean this is I hope she's getting three checks <laughs> <laughs> but it's and the, the stuff Wait, is we're supposed hmm? to pay artists and the stuff is absolutely beautiful which I, you know, no offense to the writers, but to me, as someone who consumes these things, the art is always what takes precedence. Now, uh, you know, hey, everybody's got their process, and you know, I, I know that uh, you know there's it's a collaborative effort. But again, the the way the stuff looks is so important to the interest that it generates on the part of the audience and and this is such beautiful stuff yeah now um so i'm curious about the 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 design and development process you all came up with these characters Mm -hmm. did you give michelle some uh ideas about well this is the way we kind of see him i mean how much of this came out of her head how much of it was from you guys and then she says oh wait but i've got this great idea for this and take a look at this talk a little bit about this uh well so michelle when so ben and michelle had worked together on the grumpy cat and pokey stories and so Mm. i didn't know her before and then ben said i think i have an artist who would be good for this and i was like okay and he's like i'm gonna have her do some character designs based on um descriptions that we had in there already and i said okay and so what we gave her if i recall correctly um we had like two to three sentences or two to three lines about each hamster in the main group in the beginning, which was about nine hamsters. Um, And, you know, there are more now and it depends which ones were the most important ones based on then versus now. But um, we would say species, um, like kind of markings or coloring sometimes, not always, but you know, like, oh, this one's got, or like fur, like this one's got long fur. It's a teddy bear hamster. So those are the, the ones with the long fur. Mm, mm-hmm. um, this one's a Roborowski hamster, which are tiny. They're tiny little, like, balls of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it would be, like, what their personality was a little bit and or their position in the group. And then she took that and worked with it. And then she gave us uh, a really cute hamster, 
a really realistic hamster and a middle of the two hamster for each of the characters. And so we were going to choose the style. And so out of that, we all agreed on the middle of the, the two. So it's like, they're sort of cute, but they're not like super cutesy. Because we needed to have hamsters that could tell a story that was the story we're telling, which is not always a super cutesy story. Mm. Um, although I have told Michelle uh, and Ben that we need to have more uh, art in the next book of hamsters like eating and sleeping, because that's when they're the very cutest. But, because um, I just love and, cute I, hamsters. And you would know. <laughs> I just love cute hamsters. But um, but we wanted we wanted something that wasn't uber realistic because you know it's a there's fun in the story too but we wanted something that was that was going to work with fun and serious so we picked the style but she gave us the styles to develop um and now as things go along we'll we'll give her a little bit of descriptor the same way and she'll add things like oh i gave so and so this accessory because i thought that would be good oh i did this i did that so it's a real collaboration on the looks of everything um not just the hamsters but there's a lot of um, nature tones in the books because they are hamsters living in the wild. But I also like pops of color and stuff. So at, earlier on, I suggested, you know, hey, why don't we, whenever there's a human thing in it, give that, make that the color spot. So if you have like a jar lid or something like that that's bright red, because humans make bright red plastic things, mm. then you've suddenly got some more color in the story. So we worked on the color uh, design as well, and a lot of a lot of different things about the looks. But Michelle definitely brought her talent and her own skills and and ideas to what we were telling her. And I'm not an artist, so I just am always amazed with what she comes up with, and it makes me clap my hands, and it makes me happy, and I'm just like, look at that thing! It looks so much better than it's in my head, and and so that's you know that's how I feel about her work, um, and it just keeps getting better. Like her, the expressions and the and the emotions and everything like that just keep growing and and getting like everything just is. I mean, not th- not that it's like noticeably different to to the reader, mm-hmm. but I just I just keep seeing it. And every time I'm like, oh, she surprised me again. It's amazing. So I don't know, Ben. What do you think? <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I, I was going to oh, ask sorry, go Ben. No, 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 no. I, I, I no, I'm, go I'm gonna I'm gonna add something to this that, to which you can reply, because particularly with you having worked with Michelle before. And uh, looking at this particular project and thinking, hey, wow, yeah, she might be a good fit for this. So the ease of somebody with whom you've worked before and, um, you know, for something that you felt uh, comfortable and confident with. So let me let me just throw that in there as you reply, uh, you know, to what uh, well, and I suppose add to what Emily was saying. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I guess there are two parts to that. The, the, it is helpful in a in a big way to work with an art as a, as a writer to work with an artist you've you've had prior experience with. When 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 I'm first working with an artist, I tend to uh, be really overly descriptive and not just in details <laughs> of the of the character, but in every little you know every position of the camera, so to speak, right? because you, you just don't you just want to make sure that the artist is understanding what you're looking for and, and you're trying to figure out how to speak the same language and it's not always easy to do. And then you know as the scripts move along and you get comfortable with the artist, you can start shorthanding it or, or start just trusting a lot more and and what it's going to show up there. I managed to sh- I was able to shortcut some of that because I already worked with her before. But this world is so big and so different that that shortcut was maybe less than it normally would be because there's there was so much about the look and the feel and the tone of this that was very different and very unique. And so we, the as it, in much ways, sort of like a, a brand new script with a brand new artist, sort of at the beginning, which is to say, if you look at the beginning of our script, the first probably eight or nine pages are just volumes of material, but then <laughs> it shrinks down once you, you know, you sort of, okay, this is what we, we all are on the same page. Um, but the, I, I always sort of laugh when it's absolutely collaborative. I mean, of course it is when you're putting together a comic or graphic novel. That's, I mean, the literally the nature of the beast. Um, and, and that's just how it's all assembled. But I, I always kind of laugh when about like how much of, of the, with the collaboration with the actual art is. I feel like in a lot of ways it's me with no mechanical knowledge at all, like saying, oh, so you should build an engine in a car that make a drive and the engineer shows up with a car and says, you know, thanks for your help. And I go, Oh great. I'm, I'm glad I could help. I say, put an engine in a car that you built entirely. And I don't understand any of this process, but I'm glad I'm in a car now. <laughs> so in that sense, like I collaborated because I mentioned an engine and wheels, but the, the artist does, you know, somehow puts all that together in a way that I could never possibly do. Uh, and so it's always, it's, it's always a little bit of, um, 
just pure magic to me when the pages come in and I just don't really can't understand how it happened. I'm just really grateful that it did. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a scene in our, in our next book that I can't talk about, but it, I, I, I know that I had very specific ideas about how I wanted something set up and I put that into the script and Michelle did it and I looked at it and I went, oh, it's exactly what I wanted, but even cooler. And also I want to be here and, and can I go live in the story right now? That's so cool. Yeah. And I also realized that um, it was influenced by something by by something else I like, you know, have had read over the past or seen over the past. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize what I was describing. I just I just wanted it to look like this. And then she made it look like this, not knowing what I was thinking. And it's exactly what I wanted, but better. And that's really fun. Plus, Michelle also has to learn, not learn, but remember all the time that hamsters are really, really small. And she does an amazing job of drawing, like, from a hamster perspective, which can't be easy. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, a hamster would be smaller than the microphone I'm talking on now. And so everything is different for hamsters and, and how they have their adventures is different. Um, I do sometimes give extreme details in the story, but only because sometimes they're important to the plot. So there there are times when I have pulled like really specific pictures of trees and been like, this is the tree that's going to be in the story. <laughs> or occasionally I've given a, a hamster an accessory and I like I said, no, I, re I really want this this accessory in the story. And you know what? It may never be relevant but actually there's a story we're thinking of doing like three stories from now where it might be really relevant and so we're putting it in now and if it never comes around it never comes around but if it does it's going to be really cool mm -hmm. so. you're listening to fantastic forum on wera 96.7 fm in arlington virginia i'm ulysses e campbell i'm joined in studio today by emily s witten and remotely by ben fisher and emily and ben are the writers of the new book from lion forge it's called the underfoot the mighty deep it is available right now so yeah but uh I wanted to ask, and this this sort of uh, connects on to what you were saying, because uh, clearly there's more of this to come. So uh, are you guys actually working on the next volume of this even now? Yeah, we're in chapters three and four of the four chapter wow. book two. I, I see, and, so. here, and here I thought <laughs> you were doing marketing and promotion. For we're the doing that book. too. <laughs> we're doing that too. We are. Um, we are uh, chapters one and two of it's the the next book should be four chapters depending. Mm -hmm. We're working on that, but um, chapters one and two are, are with Lion Forge already. Mm -hmm. Three and four are in process with me and Ben. Michelle's doing the art for one and two already. We're geared up for Tom to do the lettering as soon as we get the full script approved. Mm -hmm. And I mean, because it's a big process. And Michelle has yeah. to do a lot of heavy lifting mm -hmm. on the art once the script gets in. And then we go back and forth. You know, we review the art at every stage. So we see thumbnails, we see pencils, we see inks, we see colors. And um, and we review the lettering and everything goes back and forth. So, yeah, we're, we're working. We're heavy into book two. And there's so much stuff that I keep having to stop myself from saying. Because I'm like, oh, no, that's not in this book. That's in the next book. I can't talk about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool, and, but I can't tell you. Yeah, and, 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 and the 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 deal with uh, for Lion Forge, we the, there'll be a minimum of three books, regardless. This is mm -hmm. a, we, we're arcing it out as a trilogy, so there are the 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 full story beginning to end, uh, at least is self contained. Um, this particular this particular story will will go at least three, and we're we're of course arced way beyond that to do if if it does well, fingers crossed, we can go well beyond three and lots of spinoffs and uh, story to continue, but. Um, but there'll, there'll be at least three volumes of, of this one being the first. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what's delightful about that is you can do so much more when you get more space to tell the story. Yeah. And um, when you know that yeah. you're going to have to do I mean, that. book one yeah. is a foundation book. You have yeah. to build mm -hmm. the foundation that people can understand and gets them interested in, in this world that we're, that we're making without vomiting exposition on them, you know, without throwing everything in the kitchen sink that we know about the world into the book because that would just overwhelm everybody and they'd be like, this is crazy. But there's so much going on in our heads. And so, yeah, some of that's coming out in book two. And even, you know, as you write, you get new characters, new storylines you didn't think of before. We've got a, a subplot that was not intended in the first set of things because, you know, you just aren't that far into the weeds. And then you start writing it and you're like, oh, this is going to be good. So that's that's part of it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and uh, you mentioned about uh, the relevance sometimes of uh, stuff that seems like minutia. You know, one of the things that 
uh, well, that I'm familiar with from, you know, just doing work in, in the entertainment business as an actor. Sometimes you have these projects you work on and you've got to deliver the dialogue exactly as it's written because it may be relevant to something coming up in a future episode. And so, I mean, sometimes you're whatever. Yeah, yeah, just get close to it. It's okay. Ad lib or whatever. But then other projects that, oh, no, no, say exactly this. And I, I think it's interesting that... Uh, the underfoot is meticulously laid out enough that, oh, whether Michelle Gwynn draws this particular tree as the right <laughs> tree could actually be relevant. Well, now so. I'll, I'll say some of that is some of that is plot relevance, and some of that is my complete OCD about wanting it to be faithful to the real life things that we're basing things on. So if a tree doesn't exist in Virginia, and we're looking at a, a location in Virginia, then we're gonna we're gonna have a tree that does exist there. Because I insist on it, <laughs> because, I'm, <laughs> because I'm crazy. So uh, in a good way, I hope. But there's a lot to do with that, where it's just I want it to be real enough, even though mm -hmm. it's a fictional science fiction story. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I just want to throw out, because we're almost out of time. Oh, this no. really sucks. Yeah. Um, but is the the fact that you have this commitment from Lion Forge? Because I know one of the things, uh, Robert Kirkman, for example, the first six uh, issues of The Walking Dead, he rushed some plot points because he wasn't sure that. It, it, they were going to be able to keep doing it, and so mm -hmm. he wanted to get some stuff out. So I gather that they're, having that firmer foundation makes you more comfortable. It's great yeah. to have oh, that support, mm -hmm. yeah. and also yeah, to it, have... It, sorry, go ahead, Ben. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it, yeah. it, it, it changes everything from a writing perspective. I mean, it, it, lets, it lets you set up something and then uh, you know, let it really slow build and have it play out. 70, 80, 150 pages later that you just either wouldn't be able to include at all or you'd have to truncate it to the point that it lost a lot of its impact. It it, it just completely changes your writing style. It's, it's yeah. great to mm -hmm. know that I can introduce something on page nine and then literally 400 pages later let that pay off is a completely – it's also daunting as hell, right? It also mm. means that you want to – like you were saying for choosing the right words and sort of going back to the craft, I become very obsessive about – well, no, you need to, this needs to be exactly the word that's said here because 200 pages from now, this is the word. And but it, and if you're just writing 100 pages, that's daunting in and of itself. But um, at least you can sort of see it all at once. But to then realize you're going to get your hands around three books, it's it's daunting, but also very liberating in terms of what you're allowed to write. Yeah, about. And, mm -hmm. and knowing that we have Ben and I have control of what we want to tell. You know, yeah. it's our story. Oh, absolutely. And that's important. Hey, now, real quick, I mean, in like the next 30 seconds, <laughs> because you guys have got uh, all sorts of marketing stuff. In fact, next week at AwesomeCon, there's a panel yes. uh, on uh, the Mighty Deep. There's yeah. also a launch party. There is. There yeah. is. Saturday mm -hmm. night, there's a launch party. Um, it's it's an RSVP party. You can find it on the internet if you look hard enough, you and go. then you can come. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give it out over, <laughs> over the radio, <laughs> no, but no. Hey, uh, the what, Underfoot what time launch is the party. Panel? The panel is mm -hmm. Sunday at 2.30 at AwesomeCon. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to be me and Ben and Michelle. Michelle is going to be there and our letterer, Tom Zoller. So artist, letterer, cool. and two writers. We're going to be talking about collaborating on the underfoot and the whole storyline. Thank you so much. Ben Fisher, thanks for being on the show. Emily Witten, thanks, thanks for, for being on me. the show. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, of course, Fantastic Forum is also a television show. And it's on, on Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Fios Channel 38 at 8 p.m. tonight. Also tomorrow night. And... Uh, you can check us out on the internet, fantasticforum.tv. Come back again. Same bat time, same bat station.